green. So, you know, if you want a whole pocket of green, get in on these questions here, y'all. But if you like to interact with the show, please do so at Lifestyle of the Gay Boy. Lifestyle of the Gay Black Boy. I don't even know the title of my own podcast. Why do you listen to this? Reach out to me at Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy and on all the social medias, including TikTok now, or just email me at lifestylegbb at gmail.com. I want you guys to enjoy this new episode of The Anything Show featuring me and John Francois in an interview that we have with a fantastic podcaster. I hope you all enjoy it, and I've got a little fun for you coming up. So, we'll talk again soon. All right, I'm in the mood to give you $100 and an anything show with Jean Francois, Shot Glass, and Keychain Monday, November 29th. All you got to do is tell me what is on your favorite sandwich. I'm so boring and plain, I simply like peanut butter and jelly. So maybe you have something more exciting, or maybe you're as boring and lame as me and also like peanut butter and jelly. Either way, tell me what is on your favorite sandwich at facebook.com slash the anything show, Instagram and TikTok at anything show Francois. Monday, November 29th, your answer could be randomly chosen to win $100 and an anything show with Jean-Francois, Shot Glass, and Keychain. Good luck. Okay, well, obviously we love to laugh, but have we ever really thought thought about the people who make us laugh for a living, the science behind what they do. Let me introduce you to Behind the Bits with Scott Curtis, where you get to learn everything there is about the stand-up comedy profession. He's had greats like Corey Ryan Foster, Tom Dreesen, who I especially enjoyed because of his connection to the 70s comedy store boom in Los Angeles with Letterman, Leno, etc. Scott Curtis is the guy you want to go to for all the stand-up comedy interviews because he has won the Discover Pots Annual Award for Best Interview interview style podcast follow behind the bits on twitch to watch his interviews live and unedited twitch.tv slash behind the bits and of course you can find behind the bits wherever you get your podcasts all right From the Magic 97.7 studios in Lindenville, Vermont, this is The Anything Show with John Francois. Stand by and remain cautious. Well, hello, beautiful children. Thursday, October 28th, as we record this, John Francois here in Lindenville, Vermont. Andrew Vanderton from the Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy podcast, joining me from Rochester, New York. Hello, Andrew. Hola. We have a wonderful show coming up uh, later on. Uh, we're going to get to a pre-recorded conversation that me and Andrew had with Mike Kuntz from the <clears throat> Notebook podcast. We played a game of five icebreakers with Mike Kuntz, so <clears throat> it's going to be wonderful. Oh, God, Andrew, I- I'm so glad I ate those hickory barbecue lace chips before recording this show because I've been having, of course, phlegm problems, as Andrew would know before we started. <laughs> Just the deliciousness sneaking up on you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. For our celebrity gossip, we have a kid's bop version of Lil Nas X's song, Montero. Oh, you got to hear this. This is so funny. Uh, For Let's Get Viral, a mom embarrasses her son by megaphone at his school. Ask anything. Can you believe it, Andrew? We're already wrapping up, or we are going to wrap up October already by the time that this episode uh, is published on November 1st. Uh, For November, our Ask Anything giveaway question, 
What is on your favorite sandwich? You have a chance to win $100 and an anything show with John Francois, Shot Glass, and Keychain November 29th. For our headlines, oh, Andrew, no alcohol for the holidays. What the hell is going on? How dare them? Yeah, that's sacrilege. Sacrilege. Listen, subscribe, follow, rate, review The Anything Show with Jean-Francois wherever you get podcasts. Facebook.com slash Anything Show. Instagram and TikTok at Anything Show Francois. We're on YouTube under The Anything Show with Jean-Francois. Shot glasses and keychains are available. $10 for a glass, $5 for the keychain. Send me a goddamn DM, goddamn it. All right, Andrew, shall we do the goddamn, goddamn headlines? God damn it, let's do it. Yeah. All righty, here we go. Uh, Yeah, an alcohol shortage could be coming just in time for the holidays. Andrew, it has to do with pandemic-related supply chain issues and major backlogs at two ports in Southern California. Around 40% of all shipping containers come through there. I mean, Andrew, now I have to try to like my family. What is the holidays without alcohol? It's a family reunion. Yeah. That's what it is. You just see people you don't want to talk with. Exactly. It's like, oh, God, cousin and sister that I can only put up with when I have like five glasses of wine. How are you? <laughs> The hellos get very dry when you are sober. Yeah, yeah. It's just insane. I don't know what to make of it. So let's just hope that this alcohol thing becomes better as we get further into the holiday season. Uh, You know, uh, Google Trends, Andrew, they just put out a bunch of stats showing how the 1990s are now officially trendier than the 1980s. Now, Andrew, how old are you again? I'm 33. I'm 29. I'm going to be 30 uh, November 27th, actually. So you and I, I mean, we, we both grew up in the 90s. And I'm not even surprised that the 90s are trending nowadays because I've always uh, noticed that, like, for a particular decade, like in the decade that we presently are in, the decade that was three decades prior is always the one that's trending. Like, that that's always the decade that people are nostalgic about. Like, I don't know. For instance, I think... Um, you know, I'd, I'd say roughly uh, back in the 50s, we were nostalgic for the 20s. Um, I mean, the only exception is, you know, in the 70s, we were nostalgic for the 50s. But, you know, it's like usually a 20 to 30 year time span. And uh, Andrew, you said you could see why the 90s are amazing. Can you explain to those who just don't know why the 90s were amazing? I mean, the 90s had everything. You could watch cartoons with people smoking and drinking. You could walk out your front door and see people dressed like you're in the Matrix for no apparent reason at all. Yeah. Or get toys that could literally burn you with third-degree burns. But it was still sold to children. It was non-politically correct, the 90s. And, um, you know, I I would say a great example is the Nickelodeon animated series Ren and Stimpy. Do you remember Ren and Stimpy from back in the day? Yeah. I think I still own seasons one and two on DVD back in Connecticut, where I'm from. Um, And my God, like just the the amount of uh, gross humor and uh, homosexual innuendos that were going on in that show. And it was broadcast for kids. I mean, I think that's an example of how like loosey-goosey the 90s were compared to today yes the 90s did not care and 90s fashion it's taken me by storm i've always loved 90s fashion it just looks good 
Now, my parents were whack in that they were uh, Haitian immigrant uh, Christians, so I never really got into the 90s fashion because I like I had to grow up into like a private Christian school. I had to get a Christian education at home. So I never got into like the the high top fades and the baggy pants and the the Nike Air Force Ones or whatever the fuck they were. Uh, did you like actually like become like uh, an example of 90s fashion back in the day, Andrew? I did. Luckily, I got all my clothes from secondhand at thrift stores as a kid, so it was already used 90 fashion, so I had, like, huge pants, the, like, goth stuff, the non-goth stuff, the skater stuff. I had all of it. Nice. I loved yeah, I do remember. Um, I do remember uh, having a skateboard, which I was never good at. I did have roller skates, which I was which I was never good at. And I remember having, uh, you know, a, a Game Boy Color and the, the Game Boy Advance and the Game Boy SP. So, yeah, yeah, you, we're bringing back old relics that we haven't seen in thirty years, Andrew. Yeah, <clears throat> want a two way pager. Oh. Pagers. You know what? Uh, I guess we go from gadgets in the 90s to gadgets in the 2020s. The top gadgets we're hoping to get for this holiday season are a 5G phone. I don't know what a 5G phone is, Andrew. I mean, that sounds like something that like you should not put near a microwave or else it'll explode. Like, what, What's a 5G phone? It shoots laser beams or it literally walks and talks for you. Hmm. All right. We also want a video doorbell, a robot vacuum. Eh, you know, I don't know. What do you think about a robot vacuum? Because I'm a guy, I'm very old fashioned. I like to control my appliances. I don't trust a robot, you know, cleaning everything for me because, you know, he may not do the job perfectly. And, you know, you may have like the robot on the table vacuuming the kitchen table and then the robot just falls off the table. How much debris is on the kitchen table? I don't know. I just, I look, I, I, I do a lot of cocaine. So cocaine, <laughs> cocaine leaves debris. <laughs> uh, for those listening for the first time, no, I do not do cocaine. But if I did, boy, would I need a robot vacuum to clean all that debris up. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Now, I want a robot vacuum. I'm going to put googly eyes on it so I can watch it clean. It's like a power thing. So I think I would do that. All right. All right. Wireless headphones is also something that we would want for the holiday season in terms of gadgets. Now, I just want to make clear, Andrew, like, what do you feel about wireless earbuds? Because I don't like, I'm not a big fan of the AirPods. They're so tiny. I feel like they're going to drop out of my ears and I'll like lose out on like $500 or whatever they cost. My brother, I gave my brother AirPods for last Christmas. What do you think? Do you like the, tra the traditional headphones or are you also a big fan of AirPods? I like the traditional ones. The AirPods, they never stay in my ears. So like you, I'm afraid I'll lose them. Yeah. Like the, even with the earbuds with the cord. Oh my God. The worst thing is like when you're jogging and like the earbud cord just kind of like snaps off your ear and like you're trying to like be in the, in the jogging mode and it loses your momentum. Uh, yeah. Whereas the headphones, they're like all snug and you get the surround sound quality in your ears. It's just, you know, you, you can't be traditional headphones, you know? I take the headphones any day. Mm -hmm. You know what I don't take any day is this uh, freaking person on the on the airplane who has hair long enough that drapes over the back of their headrest. Oh, my God. Yeah, this thing was trending on social media, Andrew. Uh, airline passengers, they're finding new ways to annoy each other. The latest one, someone actually posted a photo uh, after a woman with long hair draped it over the back of her headrest. So it was hanging down right in front of the person behind her face. Andrew, what the hell's going on? 
Oh, oh, my first statement here is, girl, what's wrong with you? Do you know how dirty that seat is? Now you've got it in your air. But then who knows what her hair looked like? It was a very long white woman in her 40s hippie kind of hair. You know what I'm talking about? hair that you put peanut butter in in the morning. <laughs> yes, you put peanut butter in the morning, jelly in the afternoon, Nutella at night just to freshen it up naturally, get all the oils out. <laughs> she probably doesn't shower, you know, for she she probably showers like every 3 weeks, you know, mother nature, let's let's get mother nature out there. Oh, goodness gracious. Uh, you know, honestly, if this woman has the right to uh, drape her long hair over, like, my food tray table, then I have a right to cut off her hair just so I can eat my damn food on the tray. I, I agree. 100%. Yeah. Oh, Lord. All right. Kraft Macaroni and Cheese. Andrew, what say you to Kraft Macaroni and Cheese? Um, Kraft Macaroni and Cheese is corrugated cardboard, and I'm not a fan. <laughs> I describe it as the white trash mac and cheese. Um, and look, I mean, you know, full disclosure for those listening who don't know what me and Andrew look like. We are black. So, you know, we have a right to because, you know what, as a minority, we can we can just trash pe- white people all we want. And mac and cheese is a great way to do it. And yeah. uh, but you know what? I'm going to make an exception because Kraft Macaroni and Cheese, they launched a new fan club that lets you win their newest offerings before they're in stores. Next year, Andrew, they're going to debut a line of flavor boost packets that make your mac and cheese taste like buffalo, pizza or ranch. Uh, so I guess you could win these packets now if you sign up at Kraft FLVRS. Dot com. I like the idea of barbecue mac and cheese. So if Kraft has barbecue mac and cheese in those flavor boost packets, I may take back what I say. I may call them also the black trash mac and cheese. They're not going to get that for me because I think Kraft mac and cheese is like the white people ramen noodles. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now that I have another ramen packet in the box, it's even worse. Wait, the white people ramen noodles? Isn't that just ramen noodles? I thought ramen noodles was a very white people thing. No, they come from Japan. Oh. Oh, and white people don't like Japanese people? What? Well, they love, you know, ramen noodles, but ramen noodles are just a thing. So then I'm like, well, if ramen's from Japan, Kraft Mac and Cheese has to be from America. Yeah. That's Wow. Well, you know what? Um, what's going to go great <clears throat> with my Kraft Macaroni and Cheese barbecue style is uh, some spice. And I got to tell you, Andrew, uh, one of our sponsors I'm in love with, Heart Soul Heat, they uh, created this 100% American-made hot honey. It's a ghost pepper-infused raw honey. Uh, Raul from Heart Soul Heat, he mailed me uh, some ghost honey not too long ago. And if you see the video on our Anything Show socials, Facebook.com slash Anything Show, Instagram and TikTok, at Anything Show Francois, you'll see that I tried it and I enjoyed it. I tried some of this ghost honey on my pizza. And honestly, I was afraid because I'm not a big fan of spicy food. Uh, but, you know, this ghost honey had the perfect mixture of sweetness and very tame, um, uh, manageable, lovely spiciness that was just not like a threat to my tongue. And, Andrew, I would recommend it to you and anybody else who uh, just likes that spiciness and sweetness to their food, like pizza, fried chicken. Andrew, I think your ghost honey is on the way, right? Yes, it's on the way. My lips are already tingling for it. Delicious. 
Yeah, and you know what? A great thing, Andrew, uh, for you and for anybody else who listens to The Anything Show with Jean-Francois, a great deal at HeartSoulHeat.com. 50% off your first order by typing in the code ANYTHING at checkout. That's ANYTHING at checkout. 50% off. Take advantage. Thanks so much to Heart Soul Heat and the ghost pepper-infused honey that they uh, like to provide to us. Uh, Now, I don't know if this is going to be just as good as Heart Soul Heat's ghost honey. Fruit Loops-flavored milk is on the way, Andrew. Uh, uh, now, you ans- you asked a very interesting question on our uh, document here in response to the Fruit Loops flavored milk. Um, what did you ask? What do Fruit Loops taste like? You've never tasted Fruit Loops in your life, and you call yourself a '90s kid? <laughs> I hated cereal. I still hate it. I've never had Fruit Loops. What do you hate about cereal? Why? Well, two things: the taste of cereal. I don't like sweet things. And then I watched Arachnophobia as a kid, and a spider falls out of a box of cereal, and that has scarred me for life. So I will never eat it or touch it. Okay. Yeah, I kind of get it. It's like me not being crazy about going, like, in the water on the beach because in my past experience, I've always seen, like, used Band-Aids and dirty socks in the water. So every time I go to the, like, beach water, the ocean, I think, like, oh, my God, my legs and my feet are going to be exposed to socks and used Band-Aids. So I get that. That association is going to really uh, scar you for the rest of your life when when you mentioned your, uh, your serial trauma there. Um uh, you know, Fruit Loops flavored milk. For anybody who doesn't know, basically, you know that leftover milk you get after you finish your bowl of Fruit Loops. Uh, basically, that's going to be sold into a bottle, and I think that it's a lot cheaper and more efficient to just uh, literally drink the leftover milk after your Fruit Loops, just as you usually would, rather than spend I don't know, like twenty five, thirty dollars on Fruit Loops flavored milk. Ew, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Are they really going to be just making Fruit Loops for a company to just pour milk on them and throw away the cereal? Yeah. I mean, Kellogg's, they're doing anything to make a buck. So I do not put this past them. Um, Andrew, do you have trouble sleeping? I do sometimes. All right. Well, you you and I need to go to Hong Kong because I occasionally have trouble sleeping myself. A bus company in Hong Kong is offering a new five-hour tour of the city that's meant to put you to sleep. It's for people who find it easier to fall asleep in the car, and it comes with a two-course food coma lunch. Now, I got to admit, public transportation and feeding me food on public transportation that's that's designed to drift me off to sleep, eh, you know, that sounds a little bit sketchy. What do you think, Andrew? I want to do it. I like it. Take my money. Now, you said you will want to uh, do it because you'll wake up with a surprise? Yes. You never know where you could end up. Maybe they're like, hey, we're going to kidnap these people and it's like oh yay i got kidnapped and then you get someplace fun or you could end up in like a little shop for lunch or you could end up in like a back alley where they beat your ass to death john that is the scenic route and i'm here for it (laughs) wow so whether they beat your ass to death or whether you're like going to chocolate candy land somewhere you're here for it i'm here for it because essentially it's a game it's kind of like you're playing truth or dare you just Got those good draw. Alrighty. Well, uh, may I interest you in potato chip covered Reese's peanut butter cups while you're on your Hong Kong five hour sleep ride? Because, yeah, Reese's peanut butter cups, as if they aren't already content with being the number one candy in all surveys every year, they are now selling peanut butter cups with crushed up potato chips inside. Oh, what? 
Now, now it's no longer the number one candy. Well, it's never been the number one candy for me, but I think this goes from number one to like number 56 in terms of candies. I 100% agree with you. I kind of vomited when I read this. It was like, oh, but then it makes me concerned. Are we running out of peanuts for peanut butter? And they just decided to use chips to fill it in. Yeah, I don't know. It's really bizarre. So uh, Reese's with potato chips, get that crap out of my face or else I'm going to bitch slap you. Yeah, <laughs> I want to bitch slap a Reese's peanut butter cup. That's how bad it is, Andrew. Look, Reese's just learned to make a vegan peanut butter cup that tastes good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but 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 oh, let's let's uh, maybe we should end off on some would you rather questions. Uh, Andrew, would you rather win the lottery but lose all your friends, or lose all your money but find your soulmate? Fifty nine percent in a recent survey say that they'd rather be broke and in love. Now, I think you said that you're still on the fence about this, or have you made your decision? I'm still on the fence because if it's like a lottery win where I get $100,000 or something every day, I might have to take the money. Yeah. Hmm. You know what? I'm going to say that I'd rather be broke and in love because I believe that even if you're broke, you can always like eventually get your way back up to, you know, getting money and you're in love, which is like a great feeling. Um, winning the lottery like, having all the money in the world, great, but if you don't have any friends to enjoy it with, like, eh, you know, is it really worth it? Like, it's going to it's gonna get depressing really quickly, you know? I agree. I agree, could, and then I'd have to try to distract myself, and I'd be broke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, would you rather make $100,000 on Bitcoin or $50,000 investing in a business that helps the environment? 69% said 50 grand and they would help the planet. I agree with the 69% only because I don't know how Bitcoin works. Do you know how Bitcoin works, Andrew? Yes. Bitcoin, it's cryptocurrency. And what that means is a bunch of codes and numbers that essentially go into a bank account. And when you're ready to spend some of your codes and numbers, you have this money there. Wow. I do not get what the hell that's all about. But uh, you know what? Uh, that's okay, because I'm a th I'm about to be a 30-year-old grandpa, and uh, good old paper cash and checks are just fine with me. Now give me my jello. <laughs> All right, as I get my jello and Andrew gives me a sponge bath and I have mothballs coming out of my penis. Get our <laughs> wait a minute, Andrew. You, 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 okay, you, you put your eyebrows up as if that's a turn on. Are you really gonna be turned on by a guy with mothballs in his penis? I don't know. That could be quite the talent if you can fire them out. <laughs> well, it's gonna be very hurtful because mothballs aren't exactly as easy as pee to shoot out, they're very thick and hairy. All right, uh, if you have a headline, mothball or unmothball related, facebook.com slash anything show, Instagram at anything show Francois, and TikTok at anything show Francois as well, YouTube, the anything show with John Francois. Show, show, show many ways, show many ways to uh, get in touch with us and let us know uh, what content you want us to air on the anything show. All right, Andrew, um, you know, it, it just seemed like last week. And it literally was last week that we awarded our October winner with a $100 gift card and an anything show with Jean-Francois, Shot Glass, and Keychain. Shall we make way for our November winner at the end of November? Yes. It's Ask Anything. All righty. Uh, the Ask Anything question for this month of November. What is on your favorite sandwich. So many great responses on our Anything Show socials. Andrew, before we get started, what do you like on your favorite sandwich? My favorite sandwich is a Spam grilled cheese. 
a Sam grilled cheese? Bam. Oh, oh, spam. spam? Mm-hmm. Whoa, talk about white trash food. Spam, like S P A M? Yes, it's the national food of Hawaii. Now, uh, de- describe to me what spam is, because I've always seen the commercials where, like, it's oh, oh you know, it's it's the the picture of the spam in a can, but I never know what's inside spam. I think me and my girlfriend were asking this the other day. What the hell is spam? Spam is pig part. Well, ham and pig part kind of mushed together, and when you cut it, it's tough like meat, but has the texture of like tuna. Mmm. Okay, um, you have that. <laughs> but you know what? Hey, to each his own. That's what I say. I try to keep an open mind to anything spam related. All right, what is on your favorite sandwich? So many great responses from our listeners online. Diane says she loves the steak and cheese with onions and green peppers. Heather says she loves turkey bacon with lettuce, tomatoes, pickles, mayo, provolone or gouda cheese Todd says turkey roast beef ham pepper jack cheese cucumbers lettuce onions tomatoes remoulade whatever the hell that is Selena says turkey ham with a little bit of maple syrup glazy on the flat top then with some bacon and Vermont cheddar cheese and toasted wow so many lovely details in your sandwiches keep on responding guys facebook.com slash the anything show instagram at anything show francois youtube under the anything show with john francois tell us what is on your favorite sandwich in time for monday november 29th because on that day i'll be announcing the next winner of the 100 gift card and the anything show with john francois shot glass and keychain all righty andrew um you gotta go tinkle tinkle or you you good to go i am all good You're all good to go, Andrew says. All right, wonderful. Well, we're going to do a quick commercial break, acknowledge one of our sponsors. When we come back, we'll have our beloved viral videos of the week. And unlike last week, Andrew, we'll actually have more than one video. So you better hold that bladder. Okay, I'm squeezing tight. We'll be right back. My goodness, TV is just so boring nowadays. And on top of that, I want drugs, but I cannot afford them. And on top of that, I am still paying that damn alimony. So how about I solve my frustrations by reading How to See a Man About a Dog Collected Writings. Why? Because it's surreal. It's strange. Just like me. It's How to See a Man About a Dog. And me as a dog owner, I can totally relate to this. I'm going to get my dose of surreal prose and poetry with this dark comedy collection. The ebook is available on Kindle Unlimited and print copies are available on Amazon, the book depository and more. Thanks so much for supporting the Anything Show with Jean-Francois. All right, here we go. Viral videos of the week right here on the Anything Show. Uh, Andrew, uh, probably my favorite video of the week that I got to have you here if you haven't heard it yet. We have a Texas mom who used like this big megaphone to prank her son. What she did, she dropped her son off at school and uh, she just decided as her son was walking inside the school doors, let's just shout on the megaphone as much as possible uh, how much she loves her son. I mean, she really is the epitome of the -the over-the-top embarrassing mom. Ashton, don't forget how much I love you. I've loved you since the day I pushed you out of my hoo-ha. Ashton, remember, if you shake it more than twice, you're just playing with it. It's not. And don't trust a fart. 
after you drink your iced coffee. I love you, baby. Make good choices today. Okay, bye. Uh, you know, I love how she just wraps it up. Make good choices. Because what is life if we don't make good choices every day, Andrew? Yeah, and you know what? Not a lot of moms love their babies after they push them out of their hoo-ha because it is difficult, I, I hear, to push a baby out of your vagina. So, uh, yeah, the fact that she still loves him is just wonderful. It's just sweet. I love that so much. Her love, I could feel it. It was so deep. Yeah, and it took me a while to get what she was saying. So <laughs> what did she say? Uh, if, if you shake it more than twice, you're just playing with it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so, hey, look, sometimes I've had uh, pee that just drips and drips and drips well after I've done, I'm done urinating, and I'm not playing with it. I'm just trying to get all the damn pee out of my pee hole. So I don't know about what that mom's saying. You, mom, you need to grow a penis to understand the, the struggle we men go through, you know, trying to get all that complete pee drop stuff out of our penis. She doesn't know, but I love that she did this. This is me as a parent. Yeah. She is my she is. She's my spirit animal, too. Uh, and also, uh, don't trust a fart after an iced coffee. I will say uh, just coffee in general. I mean, if you uh, drink coffee, be prepared to do a lot more than farting. So, Mom, you're, you're providing great lessons, and I love you. I wish she could be my mom, Andrew. She is leading him down the path to enlightenment. I wish she was mine. Mm. All right, we go to Hooters. Now, I think last week you said Hooters serves crap food. Okay, well, I guess that's, I mean, but, you know, straight men will say, like, oh, but all the hot chick waitresses make up for it. Um, so speaking of which, we have a Hooters waitress named Kristen, Kirsten, actually. She went viral on TikTok, and she posted a video showing the good and not-so-good tips she makes during the week as a Hooters waitress. Take a listen. This is how much I make in a week at Hooters. This is a really good week to show because I had some really great shifts and then some not so hot shifts. Um, but Sunday morning, I bartended. I worked 1030 to 530 and I made $408. Monday, I worked a double. So from 1030 to about 530, I made $300. Um, but then from 530 to midnight, I made 50 bucks. Uh, Tuesday morning, I worked 10.30 to 4.30 again, and I made about $1.90. Uh, Wednesday morning, I worked 10.30 to 2.30, and I made 50 bucks. Uh, Friday morning, I shopped for the Hooters calendar, so I got our promotional pay of $10 an hour, so I made about 50 bucks then. And then today, I just worked 10.30 to 5.30, I made $260. Um, a guy at the bar just handed me $60 for talking to him today, which it's really nice. Um, yeah, that's my tips on top of my $2.13 I get an hour. Yeah, so uh, let's <laughs> – I, I, I mean, uh, I, I don't know if I would be okay with the up and downness of the amount of tips I make when I make only $2.13 an hour, Andrew. I used to bartend, and I know exactly how that was. Some days I bring home 500 Some days I bring home 6 bucks. So, I mean, it's it's always interesting to me how the restaurant industry, they will pay you such a low wage because they're so confident that you'll get tipped so much that it'll make up for the low wage. And uh, so you're saying in your experience, that's always true. There's never a time where you're literally just getting it seems like you're just getting your 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 measly two hour two dollars or five dollars an hour wage. Yeah, I have never worked in a bar where I have actually made anything above three bucks hourly. 
and had to depend on the tips. Jeez, but what if the customers don't tip? Like, what do you do? I mean, do you like storm into the manager's office and say like, hey, they're not tipping. Like, pay me like $12 an hour, like most, most normal businesses. Hey, you could try, and most of the times we'll say, well, you'll get the group tips at the end of the night <clears throat> if there's any. Yeah. yeah. Kind of just go home with what you got. Yeah. No, my with my anxiety, I need that guaranteed, like, decent legal minimum wage base pay if i if i it's, <laughs> i i mean it's wonderful that you're getting tips but for me it's just like if it's not a sure thing it's like i i yeah i, I freak out so uh needless to say my uh, time in the restaurant industry was very short-lived because of that mindset um but uh let's see lastly oh andrew you and i were practically crying over this video uh before the show so the founder of the shapewear brand Spanx just sold her majority stake in the company to a big investment firm she celebrated by sharing the love with her 500 employees. This was wonderful. Because to celebrate this moment, I have bought each one of you two first class tickets to anywhere in the world. You know, if you go on a trip, you might have to like, you might want to go out to a really nice dinner. You might want to go out to a really anywhere in the world, you are each getting $10,000. Yay. Good for her. Wonderful woman. Uh, Andrew, as someone who wears Spanx, how did you react to this news? I shed a tear of enjoyment and wanted to scream myself. Yeah, and as I told you before the show, it kind of reminded me, like, between, like, her good news and the reaction of her Spank employees, Spanx employees, it reminded me of, like, what made the Oprah Winfrey show so great, like, those just grand moments where she gave away cars, where she said, you're going to Australia! Like, it was just, it was, and me and Andrew were just saying, like, oh, my God, like, we miss Oprah, like, we want her to come back and, and do all that crazy stuff on television. Yes, just give things away. Just give them away. I don't care. You can walk into me like, I'm giving you this used donut. (laughs) (laughs) You get a free taco from Taco Bell! (laughs) Did you... Do you remember when she gave away the chicken coupons and people were fighting each other at KFC? I do not remember that. That actually happened? Yes, she gave away this grilled chicken when they did the Kentucky Grilled Chicken when it first started. And people were attacking each other at the drive-thru. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, only Oprah has that kind of power. So uh, kudos to her as she's sitting on her billions of dollars long since retired from her talk show. All righty, that is a look at your headlines. Not your headlines. That's a look at your viral videos of the week right here on The Anything Show, yo. <laughs> All right, viral videos. You can always send them on our socials, facebook.com slash anything show. We're on Instagram and TikTok at anything show Francois. All right, Jean Francois and Andrew Vanderton here from the Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy podcast. Coming up after our celebrity gossip, me and Andrew, we had a great time with uh, Mike Koontz from the Notebook podcast. We got to learn about his podcast and we got to play a little game of five icebreakers with him. So that'll be awesome. Uh, Before we get to that, Andrew, shall we do some celebrity gossip? Do it. Yes, please. Alrighty, um, now Andrew, uh, speaking of being a 90s and I guess a 2000s kid as well, I'm so, 
I'm so old. I feel so old as a 90s and 2000s kid. I remember when the very first Kids Bop CD was advertised. Do you remember that? I do. The weird infomercial. Yeah. Like, I remember it was like, it, it was kind of like a, you know, I know it, it was an infomercial of like kids on a bright summer day playing outside or something like that. And now it's like, what, they're they're up to like Kids Bop 75 or some shit like that? The Kids Bop is not going anywhere. I'm waiting for Kids Bop 690. 690. Okay. Jesus Christ. I think we'll, I think our grandchildren will be long gone by then. <laughs> Uh, but you know what? As much as we uh, get nostalgic about Kids Bop back in the day, uh, we also have reasons to just be like, all right, Kids Bop, chill the F out. Now, I think uh, you've you've heard the song Montero by Lil Nas X, right? Love it. I, You know what? It's, it's an infectious song to dance to. And you know how very suggestive it is, right? Yes, it's super suggestive. So the idea that Kids Bop is like, oh, hey, let's just sanitize this. This will be just fine. Um, you know, let's listen to, I'd say, I'd say, let, let's listen to like a minute of the Kids Bop version of, um, Lil Nas X's Montero. And as a big fan of the song, Andrew, I want you to detect and see where they substituted the actual dirty lyrics. I called you back yesterday. You hit me with a call to your place. Ain't been on in a while anyway. Was hoping I could catch you with a smile on my face. With all that talking, you don't even Okay, so did you detect the parts where it was clearly Santa? I, I want to put a smile on your face while I'm flying. Is that what it is? And I, <laughs> I'm like, this sounds very, very kid-friendly, but these lyrics are kind of weird. Yeah, I want to put a smile on your face while I'm flying. You know, one could argue that that's still suggestive. I want to put a smile. Why would you want to put a smile on someone's face while they're flying? Like, why is that your main goal? Right. I'm immediately going to. Are they talking about getting somebody high with juicy juice? Like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And um, the actual lyric, I believe, is I want to put a child in your mouth while I'm riding, which I think is like a really clever, dirty lyric. I mean, I, I, I would never have thought of that. So shouts out to whoever wrote that lyric. Maybe Lil Nas X did. But um, yeah. Uh, and what was the, 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 the line about Hawaii? Like, I want to. Like, do you remember what that line was? I don't remember. I missed that line. Let me see if I could uh, go back to it. I want that jet lag from I want to sell what you're buying. I want to lie on that beach in Hawaii. I want to lie on that beach in Hawaii. Like, what? I think I, I think it was, I think the actual lyric was, I want to, like, lay on your ass in Hawaii or something like that. Yeah, I think it's like, I want to. Yeah, I guess I want to lay in your ass in Hawaii. Yeah, something of that nature. And then, of course, I think it was like, I think one of the earlier lyrics was like, smiling and singing with your friends. 
<laughs> when I think it's like cocaine and champagne with your friends, like something like that. Kid Pop just needs to stay away from certain songs. This is going to make the Christians real mad. Really? Oh, because like you know, the, 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 it, it, there there was just a, any detection of like, oh, like let's try to commercialize Lil Nas X and make him appealing to the kids. Yeah, that that would probably piss Christians off as much as possible. Oh, goodness gracious. Oh, my Lord. All right. Um, let's go to Dak Shepard. Dak Shepard, who is uh, married, of course, to wonderful actress Kristen Bell. Now, uh, they have children, and Dak Shepard has made it clear he's not going to safeguard his daughter's virginity. He says, quote, I do not want my daughters to have sex so they can get approval from somebody. But if my daughters are horny and want to have sex, I'd be lying if I said I was in any way anti that activity Andrew what do you think about uh, Dak Shepard and his view on not um, you know hiding his daughter from the reality of like wanting sex as you grow up give him dad of the year award I, that will empower his daughter so much I'm so happy to hear it yeah you know what and I'm with Dax as well like sure okay uh, even though I'm, I'm very liberal in many ways Andrew you know yeah I, I still have my conservative side in that I may not want to think of my daughter having sex. I, I would rather think of other more pleasant things. Um, but as someone, you know, as a guy who grew up and knew th- and knew that as a teenager, you're very curious about sex and want to try it. I know that, you know, that's a desire that's just part of the, the human body as you grow up. So I feel like, um, you know, especially since me and Tony, we've talked about having children one day. Uh, I feel like we both as future parents would simply say, hey, um, you know, if you'd like to talk about this, if you'd like to ask questions, we're here for you. Um, and please <laughs> be safe. And we're here for you. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's the best way to do it, because I think if we take that conservative approach of like, no, don't have sex until you're 25 and married. Like, it's just only going to make him want to do it more and maybe make unsafe choices because of that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I 100% agree. I can't tell you how many times people have come into the clinic when I was working there and just didn't know what sex was because they were always told, don't do it. And when you're told, don't do something, you want to go do it. Yeah. So you're like, hey, I'm going to go figure this out. And it ends badly. Like, I want to encourage my children to go have sex. If my children are going to have sex, I'm going to make sure you know how to protect yourself and to say, look, this is a responsible choice you have to make. And then you got to do with it what you will. And you know what? There was a great part of this article uh, where Dak Shepard mentioned that his wife, uh, Kristen, uh, she's doing a great job teaching her children uh, not not only like, you know, answering their questions about sex, but stressing the importance of consent. So, for example, like as she's like describing like how sex works, Kristen will say and then the woman will put the man's penis in her vagina. Now, see how that's different than, oh, and then the man will just put his penis in the woman's vagina. You know what I mean? Because often, of course, you know, sex cannot be, sex may not be consensual. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I just think they're great parents. Yeah, they are. I mean, I, if we teach people consent and educate them on what happens when you have sex, I think the world would be so much a different place. Yeah. Oh, boy. Andrew, you want to make babies? You want to you want to you want to make great children? <laughs> <laughs> 
if I can do it in a lab with a cloning machine, I'm here for it. Oh, wonderful. Yay. Um, Tony, I know we kind of talked about having children, but, you know, change of plans. Me and Andrew are going to go to the lab, and uh, we're going to uh, pop out some babies, the... Uh, the, the scientific way. Ooh, that makes me so horny. Yeah. Yeah, just 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 watch them like in the lab be like blobs and then grow into sexually aware children. It's, it's just wonderful, isn't it? They just wake up and save the world. I'm here for it. Yeah. And the children are gonna be named Tatiana and Eduardo. Ooh, I like those. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I, you know, you have an opinion on names. I, I'm, I'm not even. You know, it, this is a work in progress, Andrew. This is a work in progress. Okay, my goodness, <laughs> making me sweat the idea of being a father when I can't even change my underwear at night. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, gossip. If you have a piece of celebrity gossip you want to send us, Facebook.com slash the Anything Show, Instagram and TikTok at Anything Show Francois. All righty, Andrew, it's been a blast. And I guess we're going to go over to the other side where we will have a nice pre recorded exchange with uh, what's his name? Mike Koontz from the Notebook Podcast. You know, Andrew, I really wanted to say that, like, oh, hey, Mike. Like, your last name reminds me of a really awful ethnic slur for black people, but that would have been an awful thing to say. <laughs> that would have been an awful thing to say. But no, like, you know what I'm talking about, right? I know exactly what you're talking about. That would have been terrible to say, so Matthew, you didn't say it. Yeah, so let's just say it here. This is the free space, Andrew. This is the free space. This is the free space, but if you are not a black descent, you cannot say this black man's last name. Like it's- exactly. Say, say Mike K if you are white and referencing him. Only me, Andrew, and of course Mike himself, since he's also black, only we can say Mike Koontz. Yeah. yeah. This is another version of the N-word. You're, 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 you're forbidden, white people. You're forbidden. <laughs> Stay away from it. That means you, Tony. Don't make me spank you. <laughs> My God. I can't tell you how many times I've spanked her for being racist towards me. (laughs) No, no, no. Tony's the most non-racist person I've ever uh, met in my life. Uh, So she thinks. No, I'm kidding. All right. (laughs) Let's go to uh, Mike Koontz before I get myself in trouble with my relationship. Andrew, it's always a pleasure. And we will see each other, uh, I guess, on the other side and also next time. Yes, I'm here for it. Yes. All right. Hey, everybody. John Francois here with Andrew Vandertunt. This is The Anything Show, and we're joined uh, with uh, special guest Mike Koontz, who is the host of The Notebook Podcast. Uh, I mean, we're all over the world here. I'm in Vermont, uh, and uh, Mike is in Kentucky, and Andrew is in uh, New York. So uh, thank you for being on the show, Mike, especially this late, because I think it's like practically 10 o'clock at night that we're doing this. You know what? I appreciate you for having me. And it is a challenge being up this late with three kids, but I'm glad to be on the show. Thanks for having me. Jeez, how old are your kids? I have a 10-year-old, a five-year-old, and a two-year-old daughter. So if you can imagine my daily task, you wouldn't believe what I go through and that I'm able to handle it. I'm not trying to toot my own horn or anything, but (laughs) not everybody can do what I do on a daily basis. Yeah. So uh, your kids always have a 930 bedtime. Is that why you're up this late? It's eight. It's usually 830. But I'm usually recording my own podcast once a week about 930 at night. So I got a guest tomorrow coming on the show 
and we're going to chop it up about 930. Um, so this is kind of like my personal time, which means I need to have the kids in the bed at a reasonable time. But it doesn't always work out that way. Uh, just a few minutes ago, I had to give my daughter my cell phone just to keep her occupied while her mom's working on her master's degree. So the boys are in the bed, baby girl's on my phone, and I'm over here talking with you. Okay. And speaking of the podcast, it's the Notebook podcast that you're talking about. Uh, can, can you tell us, uh, for those uh, listening, introduced to you for the first time, can you tell us what the podcast is about? Listen, man, the Notebook podcast is something that I created as a stress reliever originally. And I wanted to do it because my therapist said, hey, you need to find an outlet for you to kind of get some things off your chest in a peaceful way. He said, what do you enjoy doing? And podcasting, listening to music, editing, breaking those things down is what I really enjoy doing. I honestly feel at peace when I'm doing it. So I started the Notebook podcast. And the reason why I call it the Notebook is because it's kind of just a place where I can write down my thoughts or, or speak my thoughts um, while I'm alone. So um, it's about sports, arts, music, entertainment. We talk about relationships. Um, my wife and I, we're going to do a podcast pretty soon um, about how we, we made it this far in our marriage. You know, we get asked all the time, and we got married pretty young, that what, what held you guys together? So I think it's a, an extremely interesting podcast, and I try to keep them short. They're, each episode is about 15 minutes long. So if you listen to it and you like it, more than likely – my goal is to get you to come back in and continue listening. So, you know, the other night I saw, well, not I saw, the other night on the way home from work, I listened to your uh, relationship episode. And I wonder if you could talk more about that because I thought, as someone who is always interested in hearing about relationships, I thought, you know, uh, the, the conversation that you had about, you know, the evolution of uh, your wife's relationship, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. So, my wife and I, we've been together since 2008. We've only been married for six years, but we've been able to evolve with one another um, just on a regular basis. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that everything has been perfect over the last 13 years, but we've had to learn one another. And we've done that by, of course, going through our disagreements and talking with each other. And we have to make a decision each and every time to decide that this is what we want to do. And based on those decisions, those will determine our actions. So if I want to keep my wife happy, I know by this time what I need to do to make her happy and, and vice versa. So we kind of just evolve together. We grow with one another. We try to spend time as much as we can together, which has been very difficult uh, since, since we started having children. But, you know, it's, it's all about evolution. And I think that's relationships in, in anything. Andrew, uh, I know you listen to the Notebook podcast as well. Is there any episode that stuck out to you? Well, in general, I see that you talk a lot about the Bills, uh, especially when you do football. And I don't have a specific reference for it, but when you talk about the Bills, there's a passion behind your voice for that team. Can you tell me where that comes from? So first of all, I'm a, I'm a huge Bills fan. And what I like about the Bills is that they give me an identity in sports. It's something that I can really relate to. And I have so much Bills gear. I have my cars, Bills, every, everything. Everybody who knows me knows that I'm a Bills fan. And what I like about it the most and how I became so passionate about it is the Bills represent 
where I'm from. They're not just a football team to me. When we talk about the Bills, we talk about cold weather, which I've experienced. We talk about wings, which I've, of course, eaten over the course of my, my life. And they, all, they always talk about, you always hear this argument about the, the blue cheese and the ranch. And if you're from Buffalo, you're probably going to be on the blue cheese side. So all of those things combined in this, in this pot, that really drives the passion that I have for being a fan of the team and talking about them. Wow. And, you know, look, I'm naive. I, I would like to know as much about football as much as possible. Fr- frankly, the main thing that I know about the Buffalo Bills is that is where O.J. Simpson sort of, you know, first got his professional fame. And, of course, we know what happened with O.J. We don't need, we don't need to explain that. Um, but, you know, going to present day, w- w- what are you uh, seeing in terms of the, the Buffalo Bills' chances this season? Because I know the NFL season started not too long ago. Yeah, John, we gotta get you. Uh, we gotta get you into some sports, man. We gotta get you. <laughs> I mean, hey. look, as a radio personality, I I'm aware of. I'm broadly aware of what's going on in sports, but I'm not like zoned in specifically on on every little piece. Uh, so I, I don't know. Are, are the Buffalo Bills doing good this season? What do you think? <laughs> Listen, they're they're four and two. They're coming out of their bye week. They're number two in the league in scoring offense. Number one in the league on scoring defense. They have it all this season. They have an MVP caliber caliber quarterback in Josh Allen. They have a bevy of weapons on the offensive side with Stefan Diggs, Cole Beasley, and Emmanuel Sanders. Dawson Knox just went out with a hand injury, but the defense, the way that they're playing complementary football with this offense, the way that they're scoring points, they're going to be a tough out for any team. They just lost to Tennessee last week, um, but, you know, that was largely due to Josh Allen slipping as the Bills were attempting to convert a fourth and fourth and one situation for the uh, go-ahead touchdown. But nevertheless, man, they beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, They're sitting at number three in the AFC. They have the potential to really make a run at this thing, man. Last year, they fell short in the AFC championship. And since Josh Allen has been drafted by the team, they've, they've taken a step every single year. So that means that they should be heading to their first Super Bowl appearance appearance since the 90s which would be fantastic for me to see and uh, for all of my family wow all right andrew did you get any of that that will be amazing one if the bills go to the super bowl i i only live an hour from buffalo and i'm a green bay fan diehard green bay fan but if the bills go to the super bowl i'm going the energy up here will just be amazing because the team radiates across the upstate new york region so I'm excited for that. If you could make a prediction of what you would want to see or who them play against in the Super Bowl, do you have the team in mind? Yes, I would like to see them play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, as a Bills fan, Tom Brady has ruined my fandom for the last <laughs> 20 years. And it would be nothing better than to see the Bills just obliterate the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl and prevent them from winning back-to-back titles, especially with a guy like Tom Brady. Since he moved over to the NFC, I don't really have that much dislike towards him. I'll say dislike to be kind. But since he's moved that way, I don't really hate him as much as I, I used to. But, I mean, come on, that would be a dream Super Bowl. Bills, Bucks, 
Bills blow them out, hopefully. So I want to see the Buccaneers. I don't really want to see any mobile quarterbacks like Kyler Murray, who's very gifted and can move. And they're they're undefeated. They're sitting at number one in a lot of power rankings across the uh, media outlets. Wow. Yeah, no, I mean, as someone from New England, I, I'm born and raised in Connecticut and I'm currently in Vermont. I'm well aware of the love and hate relationship that a lot of people have with Tom Brady. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think there is a lot of teams that can say like, hey, if we could uh, go up against Brady and the Bucks um, in the you know, best game ever, the Super Bowl, uh, then then that would be a, certainly a dream come true. So that's great. Uh, well, Mike Koontz from the Notebook Podcast, thank you so much for being here. Uh, before uh, we let you go, we got to, you know, get some icebreakers going here because, uh, you know, I, I think there's a great way to get to know people and what greater way than to uh, ask questions like, uh, do you fold your pizza? <laughs> I mean, you know, we're talking about football and football makes me hungry, Mike. It makes me think of, you know, stuff like pizza. So do you, in fact, fold your pizza? I'm not a pizza folder. That's not really my style. I like to dip it in blue cheese. So I'm not going to fold it up to, to eat it. No, thanks. Even if you have that New York style pizza, because New York style pizza, if you've ever been to New York City, like it, it's very flappy and, and folding friendly. So there's a difference. There's a difference. A lot of people get Buffalo and New York confused. So when I go around and I meet people, I'm in the military, so I'm meeting people all the time. When I meet yeah. people, I have to tell them, hey, I'm from Buffalo. And they're a lot of times confused. Oh, you're from New York. No, Buffalo pizza and New York pizza are two totally different things. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, and, and, and I definitely knew that Buffalo was not in New York city. I know that. Um, I don't know. I just figure that everybody in general, no matter where you're from, Texas, Carolina, whatever has been to New York city and has had pizza there. So uh, yeah, no, I mean, you know, some people don't eat their pizza like a taco and that's just fine. Uh, Andrew, what about you? Do you fold your pizza? I am a knife and fork user for my pizza. Pizza is a dinner, <laughs> but I love New York style pizza and deep dish. So whatever it is, I'm destroying it. Wow. So, so you, you, you Donald Trump, your pizza, Andrew, that's what you're saying. Oh, I do not let my pizza pee on me. <laughs> okay. Sure. If you want to say it that way, but <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no, uh, Donald Trump, the golden shower guy, he actually does cut his pizza up with a fork and knife too. So, you know, Hey, look, I I'm all for it. I'm all for it. If it's, if it's way too hot to like eat by your hand or, you know, it, sometimes you have to have the fork and knife to just cool it down and and, and go from there. So, yeah. Uh, next question. What fictional family would you most like to join, Mike? It would totally be the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Really? I mean, they, were, they were loaded. What? <laughs> they lived in Bel-Air. They went to the best schools. You know, I remember episodes where Will used to ask Uncle Phil if he could borrow the Benz. Like that was that was that would be the best fictional family for me to join. And it's also one of my favorite shows. What about you, Andrew? I'm joining the Freemans from the Boondocks. I want to be Riley and Huey's brother. <laughs> now, now, it's been a long time since I've seen the Boondocks. What, what kind of family are they? Why are they so fun to join? They are a black family that is not only educated, but ratchet, which I just love. And every stereotype that they address in the show, I would laugh even more if I could be a part of it. Yeah. Uh, guys, do not hate me or judge me, but the first family that came to mind for me is the Huxtables. 
I know that that's not really like the greatest <laughs> fictional family to join right now, uh, but you know, I don't know. There was, I, I think there was just a certain uh, wholesomeness and funness to the Huxtables back in the day when everybody liked Bill Cosby. And now, eh, you know, not so much. <laughs> the poor Huxtables, they're paying yeah. to let them down. Right, right. Uh, third question, Mike, would you rather be reincarnated as a cat or a dog and why? Oh, that's a tough one, man. I'm, I would have to say um, I had to be reincarnated as a cat. I feel like the felines are, they always land on their feet. Right? Yeah. Um, they're quick. Um, they're sneaky. And dogs, when you say dog, it even has a negative connotation. So <laughs> give me give me the feline. I'll, I'll come back as a cat. Yeah, you have a good point. Because if we talk about slang, you know, like for for instance, women calling men dogs, like it, it has that connotation of like, oh, we're just you know uh, stupid, uh, sex obsessed uh, people who are just selfish. But usually, when uh, you say like, oh, that guy's a cat, like it's usually like a cool thing, like that's a cool cat, that's a smooth cat, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, Andrew, what do you think? What would, you, would you be reincarnated as a cat or a dog? Full on becoming a dog to a family that lives in the suburbs, so I can eat the fancy food. That's all I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? Uh, a dog is not only a man's best friend, it's pretty much everybody's best friend. So if you're in the suburbs, you get to be on the lawn. You get to uh, sometimes eat the the special family food sneakily. So, yeah, no, everybody loves you if you're you're a dog with, with the family in the suburbs. So. Right. You just play dumb. Everybody loves you because you look cute. But you know what you're really doing. <laughs> You know what? I initially was going to say dog, but I'm actually going to go with Mike and say cat because, uh, yeah, look, I wouldn't really be that crazy about a cat as a pet. But I think there's just something to say about like cats being that they're very independent. They're uh, very good at being sneaky, sort of like Mike said. Um, yeah, I think I think because I like that sense of independence and cats have that sense of independence, like, eh, you know, I don't care if you come home or not. I can fetch for myself. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. I, th I think I think there's just like a certain willpower that cats have that dogs don't have so much because uh, dogs, while I love dogs, they have that like neediness and energy about them. I feel like if I if I incorporated that, that I would be exhausted within seconds. So I don't know. I think cats are just like chill and maybe I want to be yes. chill. Walks. You got to take dogs for walks. And hey, listen, as a cat, I'll have my buffet of seafood. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not crazy about seafood, but the potty thing I can get with you on because just like humans, we get to go potty inside <laughs> as cats, as dogs. You got to wait for somebody to take you outside. That's right. You guys are making dogs sound kind of bad for me. <laughs> I I'm sorry. And, and, and I have a dog. I have a dog. So I, I like dogs, but, you know, I would probably want to be a cat. <laughs> And, and cats live longer. Don't they live like the, the freaking 25 years compared to dogs? They have nine lives. Nine lives. Yeah, yeah. So, Andrew, I don't know. Is it, I mean, is, is it too late to change your mind? Are you still singing with dogs? I don't know. I mean, now thinking of that, old cats don't look happy. So I might want to live fast and die young. I'll take the dog still. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Uh, number four, pull out your phone. What is your most used emoji? Uh, so 
my daughter has my phone, but I can tell you my most used emoji is the flame. It the f- it, encap- it captures every every emotion just about that I have. If I see some shoes that I like, ugh, fire. If I see some good food that my wife cook, fire. <laughs> if the bills just beat somebody, double, you know, it's, it's fire. Yeah. So I know the flame is probably my most used emoji of all time. Wow. A- Andrew, what's your most used emoji? I'm basic. I just started using emojis this year. So it's just a smiley face. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait, so wait, before this year, did you have like a flip phone? Like why are you using emojis <laughs> for the first time? I didn't understand them. I'm like, oh, there's all these pictures, and I just avoided them. Really? Andrew, you're, how, do, how do you not understand emojis? I, well, you know, that's the thing. The phones are fun, but I don't know how to use them. I just know it does things. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you're a very simple man. I like that. I like that. Um, my emoji probably is going to be a pepperoni pizza. This is because uh, the radio station I work at, we play a game every night where the prize is, you know, a large pepperoni pizza. And I usually promote the game on Facebook. And like every time I promote it on Facebook, I put two pepperoni pizza emojis uh, like right beside the title of the of the post. So, yeah, pepperoni pizza and me go together like pepperoni on pizza. So. There you go. John, we got to get you some good pizza, man. Hey, I, I <laughs> sure. You, I, I, look, I've tried everything. I've tried pepperoni, buffalo, barbecue. Uh, uh, that's probably it. But <laughs> cheese. <laughs> but what other pizza should I try? I, I'll send you a pizza from Buffalo. They have this pizza spot called Lenovas, and they'll package you up a frozen pizza and send it to you where you can put it in your oven. It tastes like it's just from home, so. Do you think the pizza is going to get here as fresh as it did when you sent it out? That's the thing. It's frozen, so, I mean, all you have to Uh, do is put it in your oven. You'll be fine. Okay, okay, gotcha. All right, last question before we head out, guys. Uh, Who was your childhood famous crush? Oh, my goodness. It was Regina Hall. I fell in love with Regina Hall. (laughs) I fell in love with her like on the the scary movie. Yeah. Like 15 years ago or something. And she wasn't as popular as she is now. But man, she just had this natural beauty that I just was like, wow, look at the braids, look at the skin. And um, she was also in um, The Best Man. Yeah. She She was a stripper in that one, you know. Young kid going through like whatever puberty, I just like fell in love with Regina Hall, and she's still my crush. Nice, yeah, she's she's doing very well as an actress nowadays. Um, and when you say scary movie, do you mean like literally scary movie, the 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 one with the, the Wayans brothers, or yeah, another? Yes, this yes with the Wayans brothers. Yep. Okay, so believe it or not, I think that came out in like two thousand. So that must have been oh. like what. Yeah, that must be so like long what? ago. <laughs> Brenda was my girl, though. Brenda right. is the movie. Yes. Yeah. Wow. All right, Andrew. Who was your childhood famous crush? Um, if this counts, it was Captain Planet. Okay. I loved Captain Planet. I just wanted to be him. I wanted him to be around me. I'm like, let me save the world. Okay. Now, is he from Marvel or DC? 
Captain Planet was probably the United States government trying to get people to stop littering. <laughs> I don't think it was like an actual superhero in any of the comic series that we know of. Yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting, interesting. Uh, God, who was my childhood famous crush? Um, man, I guess, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of two right now. I'm thinking of two singers back in middle school who I had crushes on. Uh, it's going to be a split between Ashanti and Christina Milian. I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Ashanti because Ashanti, I had like literally a poster of her in my locker back in second grade. And uh, yeah, you know, I, I think she like recently popped up in like a Muppets movie or something. And I'm just like, what the hell? <laughs> wow. I just, I just remember when you were like hot on the charts and you had like every song going with Ja Rule and everything. And um, but yeah, Ashanti was my crush. Did you see her in the verses? Uh, you know what? I saw. I saw that there was. I, I know there was a big deal between her and Nelly having a hug during the verses. Uh, I don't. I guess because they used to date. Uh, but I heard Ashanti was pretty good during the verses. Was she? She was amazing, and she looks just the same as she did years ago, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah. She, she, and pretty much every. Uh, famous black person that we know uh, just ages beautiful. So shouts out to Ashanti for for aging just like fine wine. Alrighty, well, uh, Mike from the the Notebook podcast, can you can you tease us about an upcoming episode? Where can we find your podcast? All that good stuff. Yeah, so tomorrow I'm talking with my boy Jeremy, who I met back in 2008 on Fort Knox, where I'm stationed right now in basic training. So through the years, we've kept in touch. And last year he was doing a, um, a sort of like an interview for his final paper for his undergrad. And he was talking about marriage. And one of the questions that he asked me was, why do you believe that people aren't getting married or staying married as long or as often as they were 50 years ago? And I answered the question. I won't tell you, you got to tune into the notebook podcast where you can find that on Spotify, Amazon, wherever you get your podcast. But <clears throat> The question was so deep to me. I still think about it sometimes and um, it kind of drives me to keep going. So check out the notebook podcast. We're working on an Instagram page. Um, I'm going to be working on a Facebook page. It's just me. I got three kids. I work full time, but I have to do this because this is my therapy. Uh, I would love for you all to check me out. And you can find me on Twitter at kid at Koontz underscore football. And you said you're working on getting on Instagram, right? <laughs> working on I've created the page last night after you asked me where you could find my podcast. Yeah. So that was just, I don't want to have anything that's not of good quality on there. So I'm working on putting some things together, but it's coming soon. All right, no worries. But we can at least find you on Facebook as well, right? Absolutely. You can find me at Mike J. Koontz on Facebook. Um, my profile's public. I don't have anything to hide. Um, if you're coming <laughs> to just look, check me out. You have a very unique last name. How do you spell your last name? It's K-O-O-N-C-E. Perfect. Yes. Pronounced right, like well, the author, Dean Koontz. Oh, I don't know if you're familiar with him, but that's how it's pronounced. That's what I tell people. 
Nice, nice. All right. Well, Mike Kuntz from the Notebook Podcast, a great podcast. Keep up the good work. Thank you for joining us on the Anything Show with me and Andrew. And uh, go Bills, I guess. That would be a good way to go out. Go Bills. <laughs> go Bills, man. Thanks for having me. If you're ready to listen to discussions about relationships, ways to become a better person, Buffalo Bills sports talk, and a number of topics tailored to the urban community, then the Notebook Podcast has got you covered. On the Notebook Podcast, I host a number of knowledgeable and intelligent guests who are experts in their field. We have Breakdown Monday every week with my boy, Emmanuel Graham. I also bring on a few of my family members to talk about my childhood and what molded me into the man I am today. We're just getting started, but having you on this journey from the beginning is a reward in itself. So what are you waiting for? Head over to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Anchor to listen to the Notebook Podcast with your host, Michael Coons. Available wherever you listen to your podcast. Listen to The Anything Show with John Francois on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. We're on Facebook, YouTube, and on Instagram and TikTok at Anything Show Francois. Now, go lick some sweet and sour sauce. Mm.